What's up, guys? It's Eric. I'm so excited. That was my very first felony. I've committed a lot of misdemeanors, but I do believe that was my very first felony. Hey, guys. This is Joe. I dropped part of an eggshell in there. Chew carefully, Dad. He needed a home. Look, I dreamt I had a puppy and it came true. He needed a name. Beethoven. He needed affection. Oh, baby. What are you talking about? Oh, I just love these big, dumb animals. He needed a bath. No, no, no! Beethoven. Rated PG. Starts Friday, April 3rd at theaters everywhere. You're listening to Worth a Leafy, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not too bad, Ark. How are you? Good. If that opening sounded a little klutzier than normal, we got this random, we were doing this, doing the recordings over Zoom, and it was just this random message right before I was going to read my quote. It, it threw my whole rhythm off so we're currently Sorry recording whatever it was we got yeah. that was bizarre i've never had that before when we hit, when hit record getting a prompt was like, like that a vocal prompt it was like someone else is in the zoom all of a sudden i was like what the hell but um yeah no other than that it's good so i finished uh i finished one show that i've been watching and i we're almost done the other so brie and i finally finished Shit's creek we've been like stretching out as long as possible because we didn't want it to be to be done but uh we did finish it and that's probably that's that might be the best ending to a show a series of all time and you can see why i remember even before i watched schitt's creek when it ended people were wrecked and they were like do one more season you know and uh all like dan levy and and all the cast members were saying would rather go out on our own terms and wrap everything up the way we want to and as much as i wish i had another season to watch that was so that was so yeah, good that was it was the, it's again our rare show just didn't overstay its welcome like it it had its close and now i think they talked a couple of times now i could be wrong about this now because i i just kind of heard her rumors are they talking about making like a movie at some point i don't know but if they are i would 100 percent watch it uh, and i love how that cast too is like they're all friends i mean obviously some of them eugene levy dan levy and sarah levy their family but even the ones like I watched, um, I, I don't remember what the award he won is, but Dan Levy won an award for Canadian television last week or the week before. Yeah, yeah I saw that. And Emily Hampshire, who plays Stevie on Schitt's Creek, she presented it to him or she kind of introed him. And then there was this highlight real video of everyone talking about Dan and about the whole show. And you can tell they all they're all so proud of that show and you know, they all love each other. It's awesome. And that's probably another thing about going out at the right time and not hanging on for, for too long is that you can not hate your cast members, your cast mates. Right. But, yeah. So you, I, I assume is, I know you were saying at one point, it's one of your favorite shows. Is that still saying it? Be yeah. One of your oh favorites? yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, there's obviously different types of shows. So I kind of judge this, you know, like shows that are serious and like, you know, murder mystery sort of thing that's a different different category but for comedies this might be the best ever because it's so funny there's no weak links as far as character wise characters go and you just feel so good watching it it's like and, and i should share i'll try to remember to share the video um of 
Sarah, I mean, sorry, of Emily Hampshire introing Dan for that award, but you just, it, it gives you an idea of how much they all love each other and how happy, they, how supportive they all are of each other. Yeah. So to go from comedy to not comedy, one more episode left in Mayor of Easttown. And oh man, it's, have you watched it yet? No, no, but I oh. still, I still have my, uh, subscription that's gone to waste so at some point it's gonna be like my motivation to watch it so i don't pay for nothing <laughs> i got my other friend uh james to watch it and he i i, I brie and i had been telling him and his girlfriend uh to watch it for a while and he finally texted me on oh, i think it was like last friday and he was like hey are you guys all caught up on uh mary b's town and we were like yes uh, you know and there was this big thing that had happened in the last episode and he was just that show is so heavy that he was half happy because it's such a good show but half angry at me that it had emotionally like ruined him (laughs) so one more episode this is a show that's one season a one and done right they're not playing on a okay as far as i know it's one and done yep okay yeah it's funny i I look at hbo max because of you telling me about the show and i just keep on paying for it without watching anything on it so joe you someone like you you'll probably you could probably watch it in a day it's hour-long episodes is going to be seven episodes but when it's done you you know you could yeah. blast through it i wish i i'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of happy i've waited this long so i can yeah. binge at this point i think instead yeah. of waiting like the whole weekly thing i kind of wish i did but at the same time it is nice to have i haven't had that in a while where you're like yeah you have it, to wait a week i do like going like i, I haven't had this <laughs> since you know what i'm doing it kind of now it's trying on, on apple tv it's yep. it's nice going on forums after an episode of wing a week and like talking about people and then you right. know like kind of giving a prediction of what's going to happen i do miss that yep. like this is a show that would have been really fun to do that with the one you're watching brie brie does this thing where i have to i have to be like stop talking stop talking because what she'll do is she'll be like she'll read brie will read articles that like reveal things or reveal theories and then she'll try to say it like it's her idea she'll be like <laughs> you know what i was wondering with like mayor of east town and i'm just like stop stop because whenever you say that it comes out later that you read an article on Yahoo that someone leaked something. I'm like, I don't want to know. I just want to watch the show. But, um, and I also, last thing is I finished The Irishman. And I think last week I said I had started it, but I really liked it. I, I it's not, it's not Goodfellas. You know, it's not the greatest mob movie ever made, but it's also like, I heard a lot of people that didn't care for it at all. And if you're comparing it to Goodfellas, then yeah, you're going to, be disappointed but i thought it was pretty cool and de niro and and pesci and pacino all did you know scorsese put them in a in a spot to succeed and they could in roles that they could do and uh could do well and that soundtrack man i think i said this to you when we were texting about it no one uses a soundtrack in, in film like scorsese does as far as like actual recorded tracks not scores and everything it, 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 he's so good so oh yeah and that movie Again, I think we talked about this last time too. For three hours, it flows very well. Like you it's don't like three get bored and a half of it. hours. It's insane, and like you don't like I don't like we you don't get bored of it. It flows it feels like a two hour film, two and a half hour film. Like it feels really good. Yeah, I watched the first hour. That's what I had watched last week, and I kind of thought, and I was liking it. I just ran out of time, and I was like, oh, all right, I'll watch like another hour, hour and a half tomorrow. The next day, blew through the remaining two and a half hours because, like you said, it does it does flow flow well. Um, what about you? You've been watching anything good? Um, so, I've... Chuck rewatch still. That's still happening. Um, 
I rewatched A Quiet Place because I might actually, Quiet Place 2 is coming out and I haven't been to the movie theater since March 7th when I yep. saw a, uh, a Way Back, I think it was Ben Affleck, the basketball film. Yep. And my brother and I... Uh, I heard that was good. How was that? It was really good. It's, it's definitely that. a drama. So it's like there's not a whole lot of like uplifting that's like it's supposed to be like they market it as like an uplifting basketball film it really wasn't that it was more of like yeah because he's like a he's, he, he likes to drink right he's yes gotta, it's about yeah, him yeah. like trying to overcome that right. more than anything else but um it was good it was the last movie i saw in the theaters so yeah, yeah um so it's been a while and my brother and i are we're keeping an eye on the the seating for a quiet place too because right now the theater is completely empty and yeah. w- the way it works is if you buy one seat it blocks off another one so we are actually thinking about buying a, a couple seats to block yeah. off like around us <clears throat> like um, a block yeah just like because it's like whatever it's but if i do do this it's gonna be like a pretty big move of making that transition to because i don't i don't think i'm going to a movie this soon like, i still i'm not sure entirely yet but it's getting close to the day and no one is in there the guest so i'm like i keep looking at i would go be, dude you i'm guys thinking are, about it yeah and you like, guys are both vaccinated it's it's yeah, I would we go. We are, and like, and I, and I, and I definitely want to again support this movie because look at yeah. Boy Krasinski, who's awesome. Like the first movie is right. great, so yeah, I would he's a, go. and he's even going to different AMC theaters, surprising audiences who are there, and it's pretty cool. Did I tell you my mother worked with his brother? No, you didn't. Yep, his brother's like a doctor or something, and my That's mother worked cool. at a hospital. Yeah, my mother worked at a hospital with his brother. So yeah. That's awesome. Have you seen a Quiet Place? I know it's like no, I know it might not be okay. No, it's I like, haven't. It's really good. Really, yeah, really good. I would check it out. I would watch. I like. It. I love Krasinski, and my wife loves him too. So yeah, we could we could do that. Um, so you guys heard from the trailer what we're going to be talking about. The beer that I'm drinking. I put this up on Instagram before we started recording. I'm drinking Whiskers Wit Beer from Beard Beard Brewing Company in Connecticut. We've done one of their beers before. I can't remember which one it was, but it's uh it's delicious. So. Thank you for that. And as I put on the Instagram post, it's, it's helped me get through this movie or, or at least get over the movie. Oh, so get over, get over <laughs> yourself. <laughs> so, so Joe, it was your pick. So you want to tell, uh, talk about what not we're anymore, talking about? Not anymore. I don't, about? not really. <laughs> what we're, uh, what we're talking about and uh, why'd you pick it? So after Eric, bring me down here. <laughs> I love this movie growing up. This was a film that I pretty much, burnt out as a kid i would play the vhs all the time i had the video game pretty much everything i was fully in love with this film and it's crazy after watching it last night how much of this i remember i remember pretty much from beethoven grown up throughout the rest of the film the only thing that i didn't really remember were him as a puppy yeah but i remember a lot of this film and so this is again we always say it a reason why i love doing these these this podcast is because it gave me a reason to revisit this film that i haven't seen in forever so it was kind of nice revisiting what pretty much was my childhood yeah no this is my childhood too i i and i thought of something after we talked about it when you introed it i definitely saw this in theaters like a billion other kids uh my age um and like all those kids do this this probably caused me to nag my parents and like force them into eventually buying me a dog um we were limited when you're, and this is what I thought of after 
we couldn't really have a buy a dog when we were when I was super young because my brother was like it or still is super allergic to dogs. But we eventually got a dog that like didn't have uh, has hair, not fur, or whatever. But before that, we had two cats, and one of the cats my brother named Beethoven because the cat was like kind of like orange and whatever. And we were like six, like give us a break, you know what I mean? But yeah, so this movie was also for me when I was a kid. It was huge. And anyone who knows me knows I love dogs more than anything in the world. And this is probably start of part of the start of that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I same thing. Burn the VHS out and whatever. So um, do you have any stats as far as how this did financially? I, I saw a little thing in, on this and it was pretty impressive. Yeah. If you talk about the, what it made, super yes. impressive. So this movie came out um, on April 3rd. 1992 in the United States came out, I believe was a, a month or two later in the United Kingdom, but it had a budget of $18 million making 147.2 million in the box office. Yeah. Insane. And that's yeah. exactly why a sequel was spawned immediately. So, well, that's why a sequel was spawned immediately. That's also why there was this seven films online. later. <laughs> well, not just with Beethoven movies though, but if you think of in the nineties after this, the amount of like, yeah. Dunstan checks in like, we'll put an animal with a little kid and people will love it. And yep. sometimes they did. It didn't work every time, but no. And like you said, this pretty much spawned a whole, like there are obviously some before this, but this was definitely an inspiration. And we're, they're still making, which I didn't know this. They're still making Beethoven films. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what I didn't know until I was reading, I don't have this written down for like my the fun facts, but the titles of all the sequels, or I don't know if it's all of them, but they're like references to Beethoven yeah the musician i didn't realize that so that until... is kind of yeah that's kind of creative i do like that part of it but i think like as the second like the kind of get like i got a little you know a little sale like we get it but yeah exactly um this film was written by amy holden jones and the <clears throat> legendary john hughes it was directed by brian levant who has done a lot of family friendly films such as the live action flintstones film leave the beaver and the christmas classic jingle all the way jingle all the way <laughs> so pretty good family uh track record there for films he's directed so the beaver so, is another one I, I want to at some point visit again I, another movie i grew up loving so it'd be kind of fun to eric's just like <laughs> he's, just, he's just not impressed sorry but i lost you there film, Joe. someday i'm gonna revisit lost you there for a little bit <laughs> it's funny you brought up the flintstones live action movie because i was randomly thinking of the other day you know how you like i have like you have certain memories from when you were a kid that are like super clear and you remember like exactly where you are i remember the first time my first memory of the flintstone flintstone action like live action movie is i was at my mother's uh parents who not a fan of that's not uh most people that know me know that um and my cousin danny was there and the flintstone movie was the first my first exposure to halle berry who like if you told my wife that she'd be like, Oh my God, that changed your life. Cause I love Halle Berry. And I remember my cousin Danny being like, is that Halle Berry? And then uh, someone was like, yeah. And he was like, Jesus. And that, that's like, when I think of the Flintstones, I could put myself in my grandparents' house, like tell you where I was sitting, whatever, when I, when I saw that. And I was just thinking of that the other day. So that's Dude, funny. I love that movie too. Like, and that was, that's <laughs> might be whatever, however you feel about the movie might be still one of the best cast films I remember like that cast was spot on with everyone they cast as like you know john goodman as fred yep 
Rosie, um, Rosie O'Donnell as yeah. that, like the whole movie was just set cast perfectly. Rick Moranis yep. as yep. Barney, perfect. Yeah, I miss. I wish Rick Moranis. I mean, I I think it's awesome. His story is awesome that he went his own way and he you know wanted to raise his family. That's great, but he he is great. So he's coming. He's coming back for the uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I heard that. Yeah, Disney I did Plus. hear that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I wonder what from that made it like of all the stuff he's probably been offered over the years like you know but whatever as long as it's coming back yeah um is that do you have anything else for finance stuff or that was pretty much it movie made a ton in the box office (laughs) yeah yeah um so critically this is 5.7 out of 10 on imdb 30 percent on rotten tomatoes and 2.5 stars from ebert and i have a quote from ebert's review uh, I am not a mind reader, and so it is against my policy to suggest that various groups of people might like a given movie. I will violate my rule in order to say that if I were under the age of 14 and had not already seen all of these, all of those earlier animal movies, I might well have enjoyed Beethoven more. So that's not really a knock on <clears throat> on the movie. It's just kind of like pointing out something that's kind of obvious. It's it's yeah. an age specific movie. So. Um, you said it came out in April of 92. Yes. Not a great month for film. Um, some other movies that came out that month, though. So Beethoven, Newsies, and Fern Gully. Those are really oh, like... Fern Gully. Wow. I know, but... No, I know. Usually... That's not enough to like write. No. Yeah. And then outside of film, John Gotti, famous mobster, is found guilty of like a million crimes. Uh, the first exhibition played, it was played at Camden Yards in Baltimore, which if you're a baseball fan and you have... It's my Camden Yard is my favorite stadium in, in MLB, and I've been to a decent amount of them. So if you can see a game there, I highly recommend it. I don't know if you'll remember this, Joe. Like, I don't know if you'll really remember it. I know you've probably seen it. Uh, do you remember Crystal Pepsi? I do. The clear yep. Pepsi. Yep. So Crystal Pepsi started its test marketing in this month. Uh, there was an all-star concert in memory of Fred- Freddie Mercury held at Wembley Stadium in London. And how's this for... TV shows that aired their last episode. So Growing Pains and Who's the Boss uh, aired their last episode on NBC, on ABC, sorry. And the Cosby Show, which is a huge show of my childhood, which that hasn't aged well, uh, <laughs> aired its last episode on, on NBC. But those are some pretty wow. huge shows. Yes, to all those go are pretty up. big hitters. Yep. And then one uh, big thing that happened, April 29th, the jury acquitted LAPD officers and Rodney King incident and then obviously la got turned upside down because people were not happy so um yeah do you have a uh, that was a little bit what's going on in the world do you have a back of the dvd summary i do when the family of george newton decides to adopt a cute saint bernard puppy the patriarch soon fills this place by the dog before long the adorable canine dubbed beethoven has grown considerably leading to household mishaps while george's wife and kids dote on beethoven it takes time for him to see the pooch's finer qualities. However, Beethoven's life with the Newton family is jeopardized when a scheming vet tries to nab the dog for a deadly experiment. It's not bad. The, one of the tough things that I texted you about this earlier, as we were about to get into cast members and what they were doing going into this movie. So you originally picked this movie. You introduced this last week because, you know, Charles Grodin passed away. I was going to pick it before that. Let's be fair. Everybody. I know, I know, I, was, I know. I was going to pick this before his death. It just happened to happen. But like this was next on my playlist of what to pick. But what I texted Joe is, this is the worst movie to pick to pay, like, to honor Charles Grodin because he's 
unlikable in like the whole movie. He's so very yeah, he's very hard to like for sure. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> but so I just Casper, want to make that clear though. I did as much as I love Charles Grown. I love this movie. I just had to sex my playlist. Like I was already planning to pick this, but just happened to be bad timing on my part. And... I'm not gonna say you. It's a curse, but no. um, so, so Charles Grodin, uh, and the reason you picked this one. So some of the highlights of his career, uh, The Heartbreak Kid in 72, Heaven Can Wait in 78, Real Life in 79, Seems Like Old Times in 80, uh, Midnight Run in 88, which if I was going to do a Charles Grodin movie, that probably would have been it. Uh, Dave in 93, Clifford in 94. He also had a lot of success on TV, quite the career. And um uh, one thing that I saw looking into him and immediately when I read it, I was like, Oh my God, that's so true. Cause he was an awesome late night guest. I totally grew up on late night TV, like <clears throat> Letterman and, and mostly let mostly Conan O'Brien, but he'd be on Letterman and crack you up. I saw some videos online too of him back in the day with uh, Johnny Carson. He was just a great, he kind of played like a grump. Like that's why he's so good in this movie. As much as I, you know, you and I might disagree on this, how much we enjoyed this movie he's great because he plays that like grumpy yeah. old dad figure so he does well. have pretty good comedic timing in this film too like some of his he's, like, no, he's timing great. is like it really does shine he's great yeah no he his acting is great yeah the character is a piece of trash but his acting his acting is great so bonnie hunt who plays his wife um she was in quite a bit rain man beethoven series i really reading through this i was like i was like oh my god bonnie hunt had one hell of a career, especially in the nineties and early two thousand. So uh, rain man, Beethoven, one, two, I think a few of them, uh, uh, Jumanji, Jerry Maguire, green mile, cheaper by the dozen one and two, I think. And then she had voice work in a bug's life, Zootopia, uh, monsters, Inc cars, toy story. And then she also hosted her own TV show, the Bonnie hunt show. So she's an actress that you don't really think about that often. But then if you look back, you're like, wow, she kind of killed it. She's the perfect and I don't mean this in a bad way. She's like the perfect, believable mom. Um, yeah. You know, she's just got that all-American look. And and she was cast in so many family films because of that. Like, she was like, what? You said, she, what, I don't know if, I can't remember. Did you read the later films? Like, she brought a dozen and all that? Did you get that far? Yeah, she'd be up. She brought a dozen, okay. one and two. Yep. And now to go through the children. So we're going to get into some other cast members, but the children. Christopher Castile, who, when I turned this on, I was like, what do I know that kid from? And I first I thought I thought of it because I was like, oh, it's the kid from Step by Step, which he is. He's this, did you ever watch Step by Step or was that mm-hmm. a little bit? I knew okay. what it was, but I never yeah. watched it now. Yeah, I used to watch that growing up, but then it kind of a bummer because I used to have a wicked crush on the girl in that show, uh, Al. Oh my God. But um, then it turned out that Cody, who was like kind of the funny guy in the, in the movie, apparently he's a huge dirtbag. So it was one of those like kind of similar to the, not, not he didn't do the same stuff, but kind of similar to like the Cosby thing where you're like, oh, man, kills it for you. Yeah. 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 But so anyway, he, he was in step by step. And then he was also in Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is what I was trying to I was trying to place him somewhere. And that's what I was thinking of. So that's he plays the son, Nicole Tom, who plays the older sister, um, which I didn't write this down later. But the whole plot thing about the older sister and the boy she has a crush on. While it was cool when Beethoven helped her out and tried to like kind of introduce her to the boy, I was like, that whole plot thing was so weird. They only mentioned it like three times. And one of them was like a shirtless 13-year-old boy sex appeal scene, which is kind of weird. But but anyway, <laughs> uh, 
she plays the older sister. She was in Beethoven movies. She was in the Nanny TV show. And she also voiced Supergirl in the DC animated universe. A curiosity, because I didn't, I didn't look this up. How many of the Beethoven films is she in? Is she in I Beyond Two? I know she's in the second one, but she is she in any of the other later ones? Out of curiosity, I don't know. I can tell you right now, though. Yeah, she she was. She's uh, let's see. So she was in. Oh, she's in the first. She was on the first Prince of Bel Air too. I didn't know that. So Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two and Oh, where's Beethoven? Oh, Beethoven. Doesn't look like she was in a ton of them. No. Okay, because like I said, I know she's in the first two, but I was curious if I never saw anything beyond that. So and I never really looked into the other films. Yeah. So she. It just says that she was in Beethoven. Oh no, she was in Beethoven. Beethoven second, and then she was in this TV show that I think that was it a cartoon show. Beethoven okay. from ninety four to ninety five. Okay. But so yeah, that's uh, Nicole Tom, the older sister. The younger sister, played by Sarah Rose Kerr, um, second appearance on the podcast because she was also in Kindergarten Cop and Fighter uh, and Father of the Bride. So. That's right. She's the girl who shouts out, uh, boys have penises, girls have vaginas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, okay. I think so. And then uh, some other things to mention, executive producer Ivan Reitman, uh, known for Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, One and Two, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Dave, Junior. Animal House, Space Jam, and Beethoven. Ivan, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm not going to go through every other cast member's total filmography, but I do have to mention that it actually had a lot of people who had pretty crazy, solid careers. Yeah. And some of them... They all saw like, good things in the script. They, they saw something. They needed, they needed a <laughs> job at this point. Uh, but one person who was kind of... This is kind of after his prime was Dean Jones, who played the evil veterinarian. Dude, if he was want... so good. Yeah, he was so yeah. good in this film. In his career, I mean, he's probably most known now for, for doing, he was in the, the Herbie movies, the Love Bug movies and stuff, but he was also in a lot. If you look through, he's one of those old school actors where you're like, oh man, his first appearance is in 1956, and it ran through up until, like you said, I think we, did we talk about it? I don't know if we already talked about it, but his last film appearance was in 09, so he that's that's quite the career. So yeah. have to mention him. Um, and then obviously one of the other people you have to mention, uh, Emmy Award winner, Academy Award nominee, Tony Award nominee, Grammy Award nominee, Stanley Tucci as Vernon. Um, that just shows you never give up because, wow, this was he the worst character of any TV show or any movie you've ever seen with his stupid cowboy boots and <laughs> <laughs> he was he was so bad um so but he's good now so and then also david duchovny of x-files and californication and a bunch of other stuff um as brad patricia heaton right before she blew up and everybody loves raymond yep. um and there's also like joseph gordon levitt was in it it was his yeah. film, film debut he's a kid on the uh on the like literally the a bus, background right? character yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah that that's that's it as far as what people were doing going to the movie but Oh, and then also, um, he's kind of one of those like that guys, Oliver Platt. I mean, he's a little bit more. Yeah, than, uh, Stanley guy. Tucci are like we're so they're so like they're actually friends in real life. I saw that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Joe, oh, what did you have down for the more you know, like random facts? I have. Um, you just kind of mentioned one of them actually. This was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's film debut. He is a kid on the right, wearing a green top, who gets on the bus while Ted hides behind a tree before getting on the bus. So, pretty cool. Before, before there are famous scenes, um, Eleanor Keaton, 
Buster Keaton's widow trained the dog Beethoven for this movie. And Buster Keaton is a legend. And by the way, off topic here, what are the rules? rules to uh reviewing older films like older older films we have rules for that like same place like we can't do newer no. films but how about older films no we can do we okay. can do yeah we can do older films i mean as long as it just you have to just have make better choices in the films that you pick but other than that because buster key and came up a couple times in my, in my playlist but okay never mind okay future might get future buster Keen episode anyways <laughs> well, <laughs> so. I'm sure the people can't wait <laughs> so <laughs> What an asshole. Great <laughs> care was taken to make sure the animals used in the filming were not harmed. Measures taken uh, included many trick shots, multiple cuts, and even a mechanical dog or dog suit in order to achieve scenes. And this also ties into the scene where Beethoven drinks out of a fish bowl while the fish is swimming in it. To film this, the dog was allowed to drink for about two seconds with a trance close by off camera in case the dog got too close to the fish. And along with the last fun fact, when Beethoven goes to the vets to get his shots, he is placed on an examining table. He sees the nurse come in with a large uh, syringe. When Beethoven's look at the syringe, his eyes kind of bulge real quickly. Yep. This expression was accomplished with the help of a mechanical dog head. When the nurse holds up the needle in the foreground, we see a slightly out of focus Beethoven fall over and faint in the background. The dog in this background was actually a man in a dog suit. So I got to say, I do love how they took the safety of the Amazon's films, including the fish, super serious. Uh, I have to disagree with you on that. Um, because... I, 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 I will say the dog, feeding a dog foods, I will, other than that, they like the Twinkie. If that's what you're going to Oh, no, about. I don't, no, okay. no, 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 no. Let's actually make a note of that. No, because any credit that you can give them for being safe with the dog actors, the just the way that they promoted not promoted that's strong but they just made treating dogs like i don't know i i hated the way animals were in this film and i'm not like some not there's anything wrong with this but i'm not like a hippie i'm not well it's not like the show luck you hear about like horses getting killed because they're like filming too hard like it's like not like aggressive in the sense where it's like you know dangerous for the dogs but yeah it might be like he's like kind of like showboating them if that's what you're talking about right yeah around and yeah and i'll get into a little bit more and stuff that i i that bothered me and I would that would I think bother more people in today's environment and it's funny because I don't I I was laughing last week when we talked about that the girl getting suplexed off the bleachers and in feel the dreams yeah. so if it's like a kid I'm like ah, hey, you know whatever but if it's a dog I'm like hey man that's not cool but the fact so, that, like it's like even a little even the fish who usually people don't give a crap about it's kind of nice seeing you know the fish not getting devoured (laughs) the the only surprising thing about that was because i read that fact too and they said that like they only let him take like a couple like sips or whatever i was wondering why they didn't just put a divider between the two yeah i know that probably a little bit easier but But whatever so uh, i just have a couple um because you covered a couple of mine so steve martin was the first choice to play george newton um and we all know how this goes but these are other names that were tied to it John Candy, Danny DeVito, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Jeff Goldblum, Rick Moranis, we just talked about, and Robin Williams. I think Steve Martin out of those would have been the best. Yeah, Jeff I mean, we, we see both him and Bonnie Hunt reunite and she, uh, get together and not honestly reunite because they didn't work together, but uh really does together and they pretty much nail the, you know, the, the fun father and mother dynamic. Right, right. And they're believable which this is that's crazy because it's kind of similar to this so charles groden was 56 at the time of filming and bonnie hunt was only 29 
So they don't mention the age difference, but not only do they not mention it, it they're a believable couple on this. Like, yeah. I think they kind of... She's super mature. She feels yeah. like, you know, it's like she, she is one of the best parts about this film, Bonnie Hunt. Yeah, she is. So yeah, those uh, you covered uh, the other stuff that I was going to talk about. So as far as random facts, so to get into stuff that wouldn't fly in today's environment. Now, I don't know if this is stuff that wouldn't fly or stuff that bothered me now and it, I think it would bother most people. So it's great that this didn't age well, but just the idea of pet stores, I hated seeing a pet store because yeah, I know. if you consider how those things were run and supplied, it's horrible. I honestly don't know if there are still stores that sell dogs in America, but I hope that if they are, they close very soon. It's and and that was one thing about it was the vet. He's like, Oh, you know, St. Bernard's are very overbred in this area. So it was weird that they're talking about a pet store. They get the door, they rob the pet store to get this dog, but then they, so they're but then they acknowledge the overbreeding, whatever. So that was it. I just I didn't like I said, I'm not you can suplex kids off bleachers and I, I don't care, but <laughs> I get I get protective of dogs. So that that bothered me. And I honestly, pet stores are one of those things where it's almost like pay phones. Like I hope that kids growing up today don't see pet stores because yeah. as much as when I was in high school, you'd go to the mall and you'd go to the little pet store and you could like pet oh, no. a couple of the dogs. But when you think of like what was like those I said, poor those, dogs, it's like, yeah. But like to supply those stores, they were just overbreeding dogs yeah. like crazy. And the dogs, a lot of those dogs had health issues and yep. whatever. But anyway, what what did you have? Did you have anything else that bothered you that you don't think would fly today? Well, I just kind of made a joke about it, but giving your dog so much junk food and having it be okay. When Rice gave Beethoven a Twinkie, my jaw like dropped. Um, as for the rating, though, I thought it would pass the same today. It has oh, yeah. adult references and jokes, which I appreciate watching now, but nothing that would be deemed PG-13 worthy. Right. Yep. Um, favorite scene. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? So I have a few favorite scenes. If you want me to go first? I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I love when the father, George, fully realizes what's going on and will pretty much do anything at this point to save Beethoven. Um, and seeing the vet get what he deserves in the end, nothing more satisfying than numerous shots being tossed at him and just piercing him full of, full of different chemicals. Super satisfying. We'll talk about uh, that after, but the vet did not get what he deserved. I, well, I agree. I, I kind of wish that was like that shot of him closing his eyes was our final shot. I want to see him getting carried off. That, but that's I agree. Um, I also love the scene when the people um, try to buy out George's company in a sneaky way. They end up getting dragged around by Beethoven. It's a scene I remember so vividly too. It's fun and those people like sucked. So again, it's satisfying seeing Beethoven ruin a day. For whatever reason, this is one of the scenes that stood out to me. Watching it now, I'm like, I knew when it was happening. I knew when it was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. So really cool. Like, again, young Joe loving the scene and 15, 20 years later being like, okay, I remember how the scene unfolds so clearly. I think all the film's uh, actors are pretty good in this one, including the child actors, which we usually laugh at. I thought for the most part, they did their job. And I do like my last little scene kind of all over the place here. I also liked, despite it being kind of you know too late in the film um i like when george is talking to beethoven in the car before he's gonna take him it's almost like that like before he's gonna take him to kill him you mean because he's a well, horrible it's person like, it's i well i mean he just attacked someone in his, in his head he did like, not he did not no i know <laughs> you're <laughs> but, so on the vet side but seeing that like i mean don't get me wrong my dog has anxiety so there are a few times when i've gone 
yeah, I don't want to like get too into it, but like I've gotten damaged. Like I would never take my dog to get put down ever. Like I would just live with it. He's anxiety. I've, you know, I've, I've accepted that. But in this case, this is their, you know, their first time pet owner. They see what they think is this vicious attack by this man. It's like, you know, you have kids, you do think about that. Is it going to come to, is Beethoven going to attack my kids next? But I do like in that whole sequence where he is starting to like, he realized that he's turning to his father who was the same exact person. So I like how this is like the start of when he realizes that, you know, is he doing the right thing right now? Is he, should he be believing Beethoven? Should he, you know, so it's, I do like that little interaction between him, and the dog and definitely uh, a little emotional in that scene. I know what's going to happen. But I'm like, just the idea of dogs being put down is always a kind of a sad thought. So, yeah. I wish we weren't talking about this movie right after Charles Grodin passed away because it's, I'm pulling punches because I don't, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but so my, my favorite scene was when uh, Beethoven breaks out of his caged in area, which like how dumb, I know they eventually figured it out, but he had dug like a St. Bernard size hole under the fence right next to the crate or to the cage and like they, the doghouse and they just didn't even notice it. But when he breaks out of that cage in area and he just walks around town, like living the life, cause that's what all dogs deserve. Like he's meeting up with people and, they're giving them food. They're giving them snacks. Yeah, some of them probably not uh, what your vet would recommend. But and then he hooks. And he, he meets up with the his little bud that helped him break out of the truck, and he hooks him up with the snack or her. I don't know if it was a guy or a girl. But that whole scene of just like a dog walking around happy, living the life. That was that was my favorite scene. So, um, do you have anything down for the soundtrack? I do. Um, so, I I liked it. It's one of the many things I remember so well from the film. It was composed by Randy Elman, who has worked with Ivan Reitman a good amount of times. And as you mentioned, Ivan produced this film. Um, and he was involved with a ton of other great films, too. It's a feel-good soundtrack when it needs to be and change the tune when situations aren't as happy. Definitely making it easier for younger viewers to pick out specific cues. Um, but I really enjoyed the simple soundtrack to it. All right. So I'm going to ask you for what you would change first. If you could change one thing about this movie, what would you change? I mean, I know it's not perfect and it's definitely like, you know, watching it as a adult is a lot of scenes where I'm like, oh God, like closing my eyes. And, but the thing that I wish could be changed is the characters are sort of bland this film. This is a family film. So I get, you know, so I get why that is. The focus is the dog and his, and his, and his antics and him destroying the house and whatever. But I do wish they had just a bit more personality throughout. All the characters um, just didn't get the spotlight they needed to like develop. I feel like, um, Maybe and and maybe even see what Alice's day day looks like instead of a couple of scenes where she's cooking for her guests or cooking up the kids. She was one of the strongest parts of this film, so I definitely wanted more of her. Um, and another thing is, I kind of wish we saw more scenes, maybe a few more positive scenes to show that George wasn't a complete douche between him and Beethoven, where he's just you know kind of you know being nice to the dog and just a little more friendly and so a couple of times where he's like walking him outside in the cage and being like oh thank you i appreciate that and goes in his dog house that was the only yep. scene that we was positive with the dog up right. until the ending so i wish we got a little more a couple more scenes where he's not as hateful towards the dog yeah was, yeah i would agree with that um i already mentioned one of mine but i wish the evil vet was confirmed dead not indicted um uh, Beethoven's little buddy that rescued him from the truck. I wish I, there was more scenes of them. Like if Beethoven, like, you know, daily was like meeting up with him and having lunch, like he did that one time. So those, are, but really, I agree with what you said about either more of the wife 
or yeah like take the time to, like i said earlier about that weird relationship that the daughter the crush that the daughter had that was just like three random scenes that there was yeah. no need for it so yeah spend that time on giving bonnie hunt's character more you know developing her more or whatever but um and then i would also like to just question on this i would like to know how those guys are making any money with the dog stealing gig besides being horrible for like the moral reasons it just doesn't make financial sense so they have to they have this truck they have to pay for they're risking breaking into stores staying up all night to sell dogs steal dogs and then sell them i think they could just get a job at like mcdonald's or something and make and, more make it more and make more and sleep at night and not be <laughs> stealing animals like monsters but um yeah no i, I agree with you that the, the character development of bonnie Howe would probably be a good one and then i want the vet dead i want i want to see i, know, I want I the really, emt I, to run in and have and, and like check the pulse and go no he's gone it'd be like yes it's when i text you before we watch this saying that was the only that was one of the things i remembered you know again vividly was him getting pierced by a bunch of different shots with chemicals I didn't remember him seeing walked out at the end, like on the news conference. So I yeah. was a little bummed about that because I thought he honestly, before I watched this, I thought he did die in this film, but I was like, okay, like that was a little bit, that was a little disappointing, but yeah, very disappointing. So, um, all right. So come to that point of the episode where we give our, our scores. So on a scale of one to five, would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is no, you're going to turn it off as soon as they're robbing a pet store or even being in a pet store and, and return it. So you don't have to pay a late fee. All the way up to a score of five, which is you're going to keep it an extra day or two or three, pay the late fees just to watch it again, share with friends, maybe even just buy it from the video rental store so you don't have to worry about it. It's Joe's pick this week, so I'm going to go first. This movie, I'm not even trying to be funny, this movie made me feel horrible. It reminded me of, this is what it, I've never been able to relate to this, but do you ever recommend a movie like, say, Gone Baby Gone or something? where bad things happen to kids and you recommend it to a mom and the mom's like, no, nope, I can't do it. I can't do it. Movies like that. I'm not even joking. That's how this movie made me feel. This is a miserable experience for me. I love dogs so much and no performance from, from Groden or anyone else in the cast was going to save this. There wasn't nearly enough pay, like payoff for me after all the bad stuff. The whole thing about Groden losing perspective was cool, but not enough to, make me enjoy pet stores, dogs being stolen, dogs being fed chocolate, talking about putting dogs down, giving them away, et cetera. So two out of five. And the reason I'm giving it a two out of five is the one thing I actually agree with you is most of the actors in this are great. The dog is perfect as usual, but most of the cast, including the kids are, are great, but I just, the story, I couldn't do it. Okay. You know what? I, no, I, I get it. And that's a, that was a pretty fair review. If it wasn't for the, the, it wasn't for the cast, I, it would have been a one, but the kids are great. The, the like uh, Groden and Bonnie Hunt are great, but, and the, the bad guys like Tucci almost set him back I was almost like, you can't undo that. He was so bad. No, see, I was actually gonna, if they, they put them in the movie just the right amount of times, because I get these, the, the comic relief. Actually, I actually made I almost made know that, but I erased it as I was typing this out earlier. I think that they were on screen just enough because if they were on any longer, I've been like, oh, this is a drag. Like they're dragging the film now because they are just there for like a couple of dumb laughs and then they just move on. If they were well, like at, at the end when they hop the fence and they're and they're like 
taunting the dogs, like rubbing their butt up against the fence. It's like, dude, you're still going to jail. Like, <laughs> like run first, like keep running. You morons. They were like, they were like cartoon characters. It was they like, were. And I, yeah. I think that again, there's just something there for kids to laugh at. Um, right. But, but anyway, I liked it a little more than Eric and he made I think I'm crazy for giving this score, but I really did enjoy this film for what it was. I gave it a 3.5. Um, I know the audience for this film isn't people my age. It's a family-friendly PG-rated movie about a dog that causes mishap after mishap. And watching it now for the first time in probably close to 15 years, I still enjoyed it. Um, a piece of that, I'm sure, is nostalgia. And another piece is how much George reminded me of my dad. When my family got a dog, my dad was so against it. He was so firm on not getting a dog. And I was pretty convinced that that would be the final answer throughout my life. But my mom ended up convincing him. And he caved, still not being completely on board. Good job, Mrs. Bianco. <laughs> but boy, did he fall in love with that dog really fast. Fast forward, the dog, Bowser, is now 12 years old, and they added another. So I saw bits of George my death with this film, which I was very relatable in a way. But as a pretty good team involved with Brian Levant, who is known for family-friendly films, John Hughes, who needs no introduction, and produced by Ivan Reitman. Is definitely campy and has moments where I definitely cringe as an adult, but that's what I expect out of a film like this. And again, like we mentioned, the characters are a little bland and they could definitely use some tuning for sure, especially the underused Bonnie Hunt, unfortunately. But it's a reminder of comedy simpler times and it's a heartfelt, cute, and just a charming film. The characters are nothing new, but there aren't any poor performances in this one, in my opinion. Throughout its ace of a minute runtime, I didn't look at my phone once, so that has to be good for something. Yeah, that is one thing it has going for it is it was the right length of of movie. I, and one thing I was thinking too, I didn't say this, but how much it told me how much have being a live action movie makes it different. Cause like I haven't watched this movie in a long time, but I feel like I could watch 101 Dalmatians and it's like, you know, oh yeah, you know, it's not that bad, even though there's horrible stuff happening to dogs in that movie too. Yeah. But there's just something about seeing the actual dog and seeing like his face on the camera. It, yeah. it just it messes me up. So oh no, I agree. Like I said, when the dogs in the back see the car, but they put down, I was I was a little emotional, not gonna lie. Like, and I knew it was oh. a kid's film, and like I know I know like what to expect, but I'm like, it still is right. The dog doesn't know what's going on right now. It's right. like it's it's not, you know, it's definitely a downer. Yep, yep. But anyways, um to to get more positive for a second. So follow us on Instagram worth the late fee suggestions are always welcome. We'll be back next week. Oh, and the beer was great, by the way. Um, uh, whiskers wit beer, whiskers wit from, uh, from beard brewing. So delicious. Check it out. If you have it in your area, I picked that. I picked that up at RMA unofficial sponsor of the pod because they don't know about the pod, but they, they get most of our beer there. Um, so we'll be back next week with a new episode. I uh, will go back and forth as you guys probably know. So it's my week, my pick next week. And this is, I'm pretty excited about this one. This is one that I've, when we first started doing the podcast, I've been thinking about it for a long time, but I think with it's coming up on that time of year, graduation season for high schools and colleges and everything like that, yeah, we're going to be reviewing Can't Hardly Wait next, year, next yes. week. Yep. All right. So I'm excited. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. As always, guys, thank you.